There are many outside forces influencing your portfolio, the pandemic, geopolitical events, and certainly inflation. If you're feeling a little anxious about your pending retirement, stick around. We've got some tips to help bring down that anxiety. Call it financial zanies. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And, of course, this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve's a best-selling author, cookie-cut this, retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformist. He's president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He's a highly sought-after speaker that trains other advisors on how to deal with retirement and retirement income planning. Uh, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Very well, thanks. And um, so this is going to be an interesting one. I, I like how you describe it, uh, financial Xanax. I think people are a little tense out there, don't you? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of things to be tense about. When you turn on the news, it seems like it's all uh, all negative. Well, so. it's all gloom and doom. I mean, to me, that's what that's that's the problem, if they're if you will, of the, of the mainstream media. And I understand, you know, they gotta they gotta put out there what sells and. They got to make money too, but still, I'm just not sure that it's uh, it's healthy for a lot of us. No, it's uh, you know that you couple everything going on in the world, and then you you're looking at the prices at the store, and you're saying, you know, this this didn't seem this this expensive that you know a, a couple of years ago pre pandemic. So, um, you know, it definitely has an impact on your your psyche and everything. Well, uh, yeah, when it comes to your investments. And so what do you think? I mean, do we just, uh, do we walk away from the news? Should we not watch it as much? Um, well, how, how do we calm those fears? Well, the first thing you want to do is not give in to like a, a knee-jerk reaction. I think it's easy when you're watching the news because remember what sells is playing on your emotions like fear, right? right. So, you know, if, if you're watching the news, chances are they're going to have an over-the-top reaction. And especially if you're watching those financial news networks like a CNBC or a Bloomberg, they're only when there's a bit of negative news, they're going to bring out all the people who are going to, you know, uh, who are, who have been saying negative things about the market to begin with. Right. Right. They're not going to bring out the they're not going to bring out the positive people because they don't want to be Pollyannish about it. But, you know, it, it at the end of the day, that's what sells, but it doesn't mean that that's correct. Exactly. And so you have to look at the big picture. And in the grand scheme of things, the U.S. economy is still growing very well. Corporate earnings are still really, really good. Uh, and hopefully inflation starts to moderate. Now, we saw that the core inflation number last month actually came in less than expected. Now, it was still really high, but that's a positive sign that the pace of which uh, at which inflation is growing is slowing which means that, you know, eventually you're going to see inflation start to come back down. And so uh, I think we're trending in the right direction. And so if you get an, a knee jerk reaction, what happens is the best days in the stock market are usually followed, uh, usually preceded by the worst days. So when you have a big drop in the market, usually the day or two later is one of the really good days. And if you miss those days because you did a knee jerk reaction and got out of the market, um, you know, you really hurt your overall long-term return. Of course. By missing those good days. Well, Stephen, I think one of the things that, that's important for folks to be able to do is to work with a fiduciary advisor like you with, you know, 20 plus years experience, uh, helping folks get to and through retirement. And, you know, you are that voice of calm. You're that voice of reason. You take the emotion out of it and you just lay it out. I mean, the math will really tell the story as we put together a retirement and income plan. 
Right. And that's, and it's so important to have a plan because what you want to be able to do is to differentiate your money between short-term and long-term. Okay. Because if you have your money that you're going to need in the short-term, meaning in the next three to five years, if that's in something safe, when we have a situation, uh, you know, like what's been going on in the market this year, you're not prone to panic because you know that the money that you're living on is not invested in the market. That's the money that's in the market is money that you're not touching for at least three years. So there will be a time in the next three years where the market's pretty good and you can replenish that short-term money. So that being the case, it what it does is it takes the emotion out of it. Now, do people still get scared even if they've time-segmented their, their assets? Of course they do. Uh, you know, I was in... New York a couple of weeks ago when uh, the attack in Brooklyn happened. So, I mean, things like that, it makes you, you know, makes you nervous because I was in Brooklyn the day before that attack happened. Sure. um, Wow. You know, so that, you know, things, things of that nature, you you see how kind of life can change in an instant. And so, um, you know, and and so that those things can tend to make you nervous and it's easy to get and. Even if you have a plan, it's easy to get thrown off the plan. And that's why it's helpful to have an advisor who can kind of, when you're feeling that panic, can, can kind of calm your, calm your nerves a little bit and, and reset your focus back on the, on the plan. Folks, if you need your nerves calmed right now, give Steve a call. It's 800-705-9995. And, um, you know, we talk about income streams, multiple income streams. And, I mean, that's the beauty of working with an advisor like you because you can set up those income streams, turn them on, turn them off whenever it makes sense. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's imperative to, to do the planning, right, and to, to know what you're going to spend in retirement. This is the piece that no one thinks about. So they just, we use rules of thumb because it's easier for us, but those rules of thumb aren't correct. So people think, all right, well, I can, if I'm making $100,000 now, I should be able to live on $80,000. That's a rule of thumb, right? Mm -hmm, But that doesn't actually look at your actual spending. So I was doing a plan for someone uh, this week and they came in, they said, oh, I spend about $6,000 a month. I said, really, how did you come up with that number? And they said, well, I I just know. And so I said, okay, so let's do a little exercise. So then we walked through how much he deposited over the course of the year. And then we looked at his bank balance and we looked at where the money went. What it it showed was that he had actually spent about $110,000. And so, you know, you say, how how am I that far off? Well, because you tend to think of things in, in terms of your fixed bills and you're not looking at when you go out to dinner or when you go when you go to the movies or when the grandkids come and you treat them to Disney World. That's that's the type of stuff that you're spending money on that you're not even you're not thinking about that when you think about your bills. So it's important to track your spending and to make a plan based on the reality of what you're actually spending, not the not the pie in the sky that you wish you're spending. Exactly. And so but there's a big difference there. No, it's a huge difference and that's that's why we we spend almost the, most of the, the first appointment kind of hashing out the spending and figuring out that well-defined goal, meaning what your, your actual retirement's gonna look like. Because once we have an idea of what, what your retirement's gonna look like, we can assign a cost to it. And one of the important things, and one of the reasons why it's so important to work with an advisor throughout your retirement, so we say to and through retirement, is because you you need to be engaged with that advisor because your spending changes and you need to be measuring your spending and making adjustments 
based on the facts on the ground. So as the facts on the ground change, you're changing your, your allocation with that. So your allocation needs to be based on your spending and your goals, as opposed to being just some kind of cookie cutter allocation. Well, and so that's, that's what, why, why it's important to continually meet. And it's why it's important to do the planning. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, the fact that you're being proactive, not reactive to these situations, you know, with inflation and the stock, market, I mean, all of that, you're, you're on top of it. You're there. You, like I said, you're proactive, not reactive. Yeah, no. And that's, that's, that's a huge difference. I mean, it's easy to react, right? Right. Again, stuff goes wrong in the world all the time. It's easy to have a reaction, but if you have a plan, you're, you've proactively planned for eventualities. And there's a lot of stuff, and I talk about this in my book, there's a lot of things that people call unexpected expenses that can be reasonably expected if you actually stopped and gave it some thought and put together a plan. Okay. So at some point in your retirement, you're probably going to need to do some dental work. You might need cataract surgery. Uh, you know, you may need a, a hip or a knee replaced. I mean, these are things that happen in people's retirement that can be reasonably expected. Uh, you know, I, if you if it's been 30 years since you've changed your water heater, you're probably going to need, you know, you might need to change your roof at some point in retirement. These are things that happen that people say, oh, I have this huge unexpected expenses here. Well, is if you actually stopped and gave some thought about what could happen in a 20 to 25 year retirement, um, you can actually plan out for those expenses. And that's what planning does. And that's what we we give our our listeners an opportunity to do every single week. We have about 15 spots open. And what we'll do is we'll put together that comprehensive roadmap for you absolutely free of charge. That sounds great, Steve. Folks, take advantage of the offer today. It's a phone call away at 800-705-9995. You heard Steve, 15 callers right now. Get the comprehensive financial review, no cost, no obligation. And when you walk out the door, you will have a roadmap in hand that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. When we come back, we've got some inflation survival strategies to help you avoid derail your retirement plan. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Uh, having a great conversation already today. Steve is a best-selling author. Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And uh, he is uh, president, founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. You can uh, check out his website, laurelws.com. That's laurelws.com. And, you know, Steve, again, survival strategies to, uh, uh, you know, some inflation survival strategies. I like the sound of that. Everybody's talking about inflation. Steve, we did in the first segment as well. Uh, the, the question that I have anyway is how is this impacting retirees? And, uh, you know, again, their question is, is my money going to last? Well, uh, CNBC senior financial correspondent Sharon Epperson has the results of a new survey and uh, on inflation. And really, she sheds some light on a few areas. A new CNBC and Acorn survey finds nearly half of Americans say they think about rising prices all the time. And more than three quarters say they're worried higher prices will force them to rethink their financial choices. If higher prices persist, more than half say they'll cut back on dining out. 42% will cut back on driving, and 40% say they'll cancel a trip or vacation. From coast to coast, many consumers have already cut back. Well, and I think that's the case, isn't it, where people are, are making changes because there's no there's no choice in the matter. All of a sudden, you know, things like you said, things are costing a lot more these days. 
No, absolutely. And, you know, even even when you do travel, maybe uh, where you might have eaten at uh, maybe a, a little bit more expensive restaurant, maybe you go to a chain restaurant, right? Sure. And, and, and you save a little bit of money there. So, um, you know, the, there's little changes that, you know, w- that people are, are doing. So I was speaking to a retiree uh, yesterday. And so she had recently, right before her retirement, purchased an RV. And so, and the RV lifestyle is not for everybody, but for maybe there are some of you out there that are, are thinking the same type of retirement. So her plan was to kind of do mostly domestic travel, but to travel around in the RV with her husband. And she, you know, she, with the price of gas, she's worried that, you know, she's not going to be able to do as many trips because at, you know, when she was contemplating doing this, gas was at $2 a gallon and now it's at, you know, over $4 a gallon. So, um, it, it makes, it makes a big difference. Um, and uh, she was saying she, when she went up to the masters, she went to go watch the masters and see Tiger Woods, um, that, you know, that, uh, she was able to find gas in Georgia for the low in the low threes. But so she said that was a relief, but I mean, that think about that. I mean, that's one of those things that is, is very real, right? If so, if you're, even if you're planning to do, to do domestic travel, the price of fuel that's going to raise the price of airline tickets. It raises your price to drive places. So that's a, and that, that, that cost increase is probably here for, to stay for at least a little while. And so, um, you know, it, it, it definitely makes sense to have to rethink some of the things. The other thing that you want to look at is your income sources. Now with the pandemic, what we've seen is a wave of people retiring early and a lot of people made the, that decision to retire early because their investments had done really, really well, right? And there is a there's a, a a sense of security you have when your investments are continually growing, which they did for probably eight or nine years. Now this year that has not been the case. So if you did retire early and you're now you're you're worried about um, do I still have enough? This is why it's imperative to work with an advisor who's doing ongoing review and, and looking at your situation. The other thing too, is that um, when inflation is high like this, it might make sense if you can afford to, to delay social security and not, not take it at 62, which a lot of people do uh, and get that bigger benefit. Um, it also allows you the flexibility to work pro- up until your retirement age and some, even a part-time capacity and not have to worry about losing a part of your social security benefit. So there's, there are a lot of different pieces and moving parts. Um, but that's why you do the planning. Well, that's why you do the planning. And, and you talk about the, um, let's talk about portfolio. When we say reposition our portfolio, are we really, really talking about uh, diversification or is there more to it than that? It's a time segmented diversification. So what you want to look at, and if you didn't do this, when you retired and you retired early, or if you're thinking about retiring and you haven't done it, it's not too late. I mean, the market is down a little bit, but it's still uh, on a relative basis, still fairly high uh, relative to its long-term historical averages. So what you wanna do is you wanna reposition your portfolio based on your the timing of when you're gonna distribute your money. So if there's money that you think you're gonna spend in the next five years, probably shouldn't be in the stock market. And so knowing that, then this could be a time if you're overweighted in stocks, which many people are because of 
how the market has been for the, you know, for pretty much the whole 2010s, um, then it, it probably makes sense to start looking at repositioning some of your, your allocation. And the, the thing about repositioning is that if you're working with one of these big firms, like a Fidelity or um, a Vanguard, they're going to tell you to reposition into bonds. Well, guess what? Bonds are a terrible investment right now because we're at the beginning of an interest rate hike cycle and bond prices move opposite interest rates. So um, there's going to be a lot of pain in the bond market for the next few years. So it's looking at, all right, well, if we're not going to be in the stock market, how do we diversify and still make some money? Are there alternatives that can still produce me an income and keep my money safe? And these are the types of repositioning that we look at when we do a financial plan. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and invite folks to call, Steve, and, and come on in and have this discussion. Yeah, no, we have about eight spots left. What we do is retirement distribution planning. So we're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We're going to show you what you're paying right now in your fees uh, on your existing investments. We're going to show you that in dollars. We're also going to give you a roadmap of, all right, here's, here's what we think you're going to spend. Here's what your income and assets will support in terms of purchasing power, meaning when we factor in inflation and taxes. And here's what you need to do to get to where you want to be. Or if you're already there, here's how much more you could actually spend and still be okay. And so that gives you, at the very least, you walk out of there with peace of mind. That's fantastic, folks. It's a phone call away. Make that call. No cost, no obligation. Give Steve a call, 800-705-9995. You're going to get a comprehensive financial review showing you where you are today. But when you walk out, you will have that roadmap that we talk about. It's a guide that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. There's a lot of confusion about annuities. When we come back, we'll tackle some of the most frequently asked questions about the important tool in the retirement toolbox. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve has been helping folks get to and through retirement, well, for more than 20 years. And uh, again, his focus has always been on helping the retired or just retired, uh, you know, walk down that path to that new, uh, you know, that new period in their life called retirement. Uh, and again, one of the things that uh, that we talk about, one of the, you just said it, Steve, a tool in the toolbox has got to be an annuity. And I know that that people bristle when they hear the word. Uh, and they shouldn't because they really have come a long way. If you haven't, if you haven't looked at an annuity in, in 10 years, it's a different world out there. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It, and the, the products are constantly evolving and changing and new bells and whistles and they're complicated products, which is why probably they get a lot of bad publicity because they're so complicated that sometimes they get sold for the wrong reasons. There's no such thing as a bad financial product. And you've heard me say this several times. What happens is, is that there's bad fits. And the reason there are bad fits is because someone else's interest is taking precedent over your own. And that's what happens a lot of times when you have a product that's not always sold by a fiduciary. And so, and that's the case with any kind of insurance products and annuities. Annuities aren't bad products. They're, what happens is, is that they get sold as something that they're not. And so let's start off with how they differ from other types of, of investments or things that you might be aware, you know, more familiar with. So an annuity is different than a traditional savings account or a CD. So let's start with a 
a, a savings account or a CD. A lot of times you might be in the bank and that's where a lot of annuities get sold. And they might say to you, we're paying you a criminal, criminally low interest rate on your bank account. Go talk to our investment advisor. And they say, well, look, they show you a little chart and they say, our CDs are paying 1% for five years, but I have this fixed annuity that could give you 3% for five years, right? So they're comparing it to a traditional savings account, but it's not, it's not a traditional savings account in terms of if you have that CD, you could walk into the bank tomorrow and break the CD and you lose a couple months of interest in penalty, but it doesn't really uh, eat into your principal. In an annuity, you're locked in for that whole period and there are significant charges, sometimes 10, 11, 12% if you break it before five years. Also in the bank, it's FDIC insured, it's a bank account. Um, here, your guarantee is from the insurance company. So um, unfortunately, and one of the reasons annuities sometimes get a bad rep is some of those fixed annuities that are paying the highest rate are with companies that are um, have don't have the greatest credit rating in the world. And so um, someone will go into the bank and they'll do a they'll lock their money up with five for five years with an insurance company that um, is maybe not the strongest in the world. And we've seen this only a handful of times, but we have seen it where the insurance company is not able to make good and then your money gets tied up and you have to, you will eventually get the money if it's guaranteed. There's usually there's protections in place in terms of uh, reinsurance and what happened, but it could take you years to get your money out. And there are people who, who are experiencing that with um, Colorado Bankers Life, for example. So, okay. um, so it's, not, it's not an apples to apples with the traditional savings. Right. And now if you compare it, that doesn't mean it's bad, right? Oh, sure. If you're, if you're not touching the money for five years, your CD, you're going to get a 1099 on it every single year and have to pay tax on the interest. The annuity, you're not. The annuity is going to give you a higher interest rate. So if, you're, if it's money that you're truly not touching for the five years and you want to keep it safe, the fixed annuity is still a good investment. It's just it has to be the right fit. You have to be older than 59 and a half so that there's no IRS penalty you have to have it. You have to have it for the commensurate time frame, and it really has to be money that you're not planning on touching for that time frame. If that's the case, the annuity is much better than the savings account in that in that regard. The again, not a bad product, just a bad fit. Then there are variable annuities and fixed index annuities, which a lot of times get compared to a brokerage investment. Couple big differences here. So let's start with the variable annuity. The variable annuity is going to have subaccounts, which are similar to mutual funds that you would buy in a brokerage account, right? So they might have the Fidelity Contra fund. They call it a subaccount. They don't call it a mutual fund, but it's it within your variable annuity, you're invested in Fidelity Contra fund, just like you could be invested in Fidelity Contra fund in your brokerage account. The difference is when you buy it in a brokerage account, and this is this let's for a second use after-tax money, not, not IRA money, you're taxed as long-term capital gain when you sell it, um, which is a flat tax. When you own it in an annuity and that money makes, say, $10,000, that $10,000 will eventually be taxed as income, which is at a higher tax rate than capital gains. When you own the mutual fund in a brokerage account, if you pass away, your beneficiary gets a step up on death, meaning they don't have to pay the tax on the gain. 
if you own it in an annuity, they still have to pay the income tax on everything that you made. So from a tax standpoint, owning it in a brokerage account is typically better than owning it in, um, in, a, in an annuity. Why do, you, why do people do variable annuities then? Well, what a variable annuity has that a, a brokerage account doesn't have is that you can put a lifetime income feature on there. Now you pay for that in terms of fees, but what it will do is it will typically lock in whatever market gains you do and guarantee you an income for life off of that balance. So if your account went from 100 to 200 and then went back down, but you locked in the 200,000 for income purposes, now you might be able to get a 5% income for life off of that 200,000 or $10,000 a year. Whereas in the brokerage account, you don't have that. But again, you're paying a fee for that. And so you have to, you have to determine if that's worth it for you or not. Um, but there is certainly a place for variable annuities. Uh, it's, it's a limited marketplace where the variable annuity makes sense, but um, there is a marketplace for it. And unfortunately, again, like other annuity products, the reason they get a bad rap is that they get sold by commission-oriented salespeople because they pay the, the advisor a lot more than selling a traditional mutual fund. So a lot of times they get sold in situations where a traditional mutual fund might have been better, but it um, doesn't mean that the product itself is bad. The other type of uh, product is a, a fixed index annuity. Now, with a fixed index annuity, you're, you kind of have the best of both worlds. You have the, the principal protection of the fixed annuity, right? Where that one we started with where you're getting the 3%. So you're, you're never going to get a statement where your account balance has dropped. Uh, but you do have some market upside as well. So you're typically linked to an index. Um, now there are capped index strategies and they're uncapped. Um, I'm more in favor of the uncapped strategies with an uncapped strategy, you're typically going to be in some type of a risk managed portfolio where it's going to be a mix of stocks and bonds. Now, the goal of this index usually is to make somewhere between four to 6%. So what you're looking with a fixed indexed annuity is to consistently get somewhere between four to 6% and have no risk to your principal. Um, why do these products get a bad rep? Well, they're actually great products. They're kind of like the nuclear weapon of retirement savings. But the, the reason they get a bad rep is because you don't need an investment license to sell them. So what happens is insurance agents will sometimes sell the product as an alternative to stocks. It's not designed to be an alternative to stocks. It's designed to be an alternative to bonds. And so someone will take someone out of, say, a Vanguard index fund and say, well, this is also linked to an index. Yeah, but if, when the index makes when that stock index and Vanguard makes 20%, you're making 20%. Yes, it can go down. But this is typically, if you're in the S&P 500, you're typically going to have a cap at 5 or 6%. Or if you're in one of these uh, risk-managed portfolios that are uncapped, you're typically, even in a good year, going to make 8 or 9%. You're not going to make 20 30%. So, you know, there, there's a difference there. So it's not a pure alternative to stocks. It's actually more of an alternative to bonds because the goal, again, is to get you a stable 4 to 6% return. And if you go in with the right attitude towards these products, they can be great. And so it's not about, it's not about the product. It's about um, owning the right products for your portfolio. And the, the way to do that is to do a plan. And that's something that we put together for our listeners. We have about five spots left. We would love to hear from you. If you've bought an annuity and you don't really understand it, this is really our area of expertise. Any, anything retirement oriented, 
We're going to be able to explain that, demystify it for you. And we're going to show you how, how the products you have fit into your portfolio. And if you have products that don't fit, we're going to tell you that as well. And that, that peace of mind is critical. Absolutely, Steve. And, and folks, take advantage of what he's offering here today, a chance to really go through it all. 800-705-9995. You'll get a comprehensive financial review. You'll understand where you are today, and you'll understand what might what you might need to do to make that road to retirement a little smoother. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Questions from our listeners are next, and we'll get to as many as we can right after this. back on the retirement referee with steve caruso it's our final segment today that means we are going to you the listener we're looking for your questions and we've got some good ones today and uh, steve of course uh has been helping folks for more than 20 years and uh, he knows these he knows uh, steve i think one of the things that i find interesting about the questions is is because if one person is asking them you know that there's a bunch of others out there yeah no absolutely and we got some really good ones today and they I think it's indicative of what a lot of people are thinking out there. Sure. All right, let's jump in. Uh, Jerry is uh, wondering, uh, he says, I'm turning 72 in November. When will I be required to take my first required minimum distribution, RMD? And can I avoid taking the initial withdrawal and the second withdrawal in the same year? Great question, Jerry. And again, this is one that I'm sure a lot of people, when they get to 72, are, are thinking about. So uh, you can take your RMD, you can delay taking it until the April after you turn 72. But based on the second part of your question is how do you avoid having it and happen in the same year? Um, you could take you could take your minimum distribution at any point this calendar year for and then you're on just a regular calendar year schedule. If you delay it into next year, you're going to have to take essentially two distributions in one year. So you could take your distribution at any point this year, even though you're not 72 yet, you're not 72 until November, because it's the year in which you turn 72, you could take your minimum distribution at any point. So this year, um, you could wait, you know, if you wanted to wait to see if the market comes back up a little bit more, um, you could wait all the way to December 31st and take it out this calendar year and then take your next distribution next year. Sure. I guess I didn't realize that it, it's the year that you turn 72. So so Jerry could take that, like you said, he could take it out anytime and not have to deal with two in the same year. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Let's uh, go to Norm. Uh, Norm's wondering, he says, I want to leave money to my children after retirement and my passing. Now, if I have a million dollars saved at retirement and I apply the three or 4% rule and only take withdrawals at that rate for the rest of my life, will my initial investment still be a million dollars after 30 or more years in retirement if I invest 50-50 in stocks and bonds? Norm, great question. Um, so let's, let's look at that. Um, Speaking of Norm, have you ever have you ever seen the episode of Cheers where they say, Norm, what are you up to? And he says, my average weight if I was 11 feet tall. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but that, that's how I feel about bonds. So I don't think you should be 50% in bonds. So that's that's a, a whole nother tangent that I could go off on. Um, when we look at your distribution, you're, you have to remember, we have to factor in inflation on, on top of that. 
right? So you want to be able to retain your purchasing power. So I don't think bonds would help you retain your purchasing power. I think as you get later into retirement, that allocation, um, because your income isn't keeping pace with inflation, I think you could, you could start to see your portfolio start to dwindle a little bit. Um, there are definitely, there are definitely alternatives that are better. I think in terms of a 50, 50 mix, I'm not a big fan of kind of those kind of cookie cutter type portfolios. Um, what we want to do is find the, based on the spending and factoring in inflation and taxes, find the rate of return you need to get on your portfolio and then design a portfolio that will accomplish that rate of return uh, over the long run. And if we do that and you segment your assets properly, then yes, there's a, there's a very high likelihood that you could be passing a million dollars or even more to your to your heirs. Okay. Well, again, so that to me, it just uh, what what Norm needs to do is just sit down with you and work this through. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And right. so that's that's why we that's why we we do the show. You know, we want we want people to sit down with us and 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 ask us questions like this. Sure. All right. Let's see. We got time for more here. Let's go to Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis says, my spouse and I are 70 and 67 years old and retired. We have a fixed and variable annuity. Is this a good investment for monthly income? We sometimes need extra income for home maintenance. Boy, she must have been listening to the first or that last segment. <laughs> yeah. So I listen, um, annuities can be a very good source of monthly income. Um, and it sounds like you purchase the annuity for the right reason. If you need a little bit of extra income, um, the annuity will typically get you the income you need for fewer dollars than other types of income oriented investments. So um, yes, I think it could be a very good investment. There are different products uh, and they're within the annuity space and some are very, some are more complicated than others. Um, so, you know, what we'd want to do is review those annuities, Phyllis, and make sure that, uh, number one, you have the right kind of bells and whistles on your contract. And number two, that you're not paying an excessive amount of fees on the contract. So like, for example, a lot of variable annuities, especially if you bought it in say 2007, 2008, had very attractive income features. But then they send you these letters saying, hey, look, we're willing to upgrade your, your, uh, your, your base on your, on your income feature if you sign this you know, sign this form. And that form will say, you now are subjecting yourself to a higher fee schedule. Oh, gosh. And so, and, and a lot of people just blindly sign it because it's, oh, well, this is a no brainer. I'm getting a bigger income. Well, now you're paying, maybe you were paying on that old router, you were paying maybe six tenths of a percent and now you're paying 1.75%. So um, these are, you know, these are the little nuances that happen with annuities. Um, so while in general, you bought it, you bought the annuity for the for the right reason. And I, I think it is a good investment for, for monthly income. We'd have to actually look at your specific annuities and make sure that those are, are doing what, what you're intending them to do. And they're doing them at a, at, at, in a cost-effective way. Understood. And uh, boy, on that note, Steve, we are up against the clock once again, and uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and invite folks to call one last time today. Yeah, we do have three spots left. We would love to hear from you. Um, the show flies by. I know we didn't, we don't always have time to get to every question. If you have questions, you want answers make the calls, sit down with us. It will be time well spent. And uh, we love our listeners and thank you all for listening. Hey, folks, this is a great opportunity for you to come on and sit down with Steve and, and really put together that 
financial roadmap. Give us a call, 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review, and you will walk out the door with a roadmap that'll help guide you to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Make that call today while you're thinking about it. 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, a pleasure to chat with you, and and really, I, I always pick up some stuff that I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's it, it's always fun to do the show. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back here again next Sunday evening. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Crusoe offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio!